is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How You Met Your Mother. No spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hello. Hi. Hi. I don't know if you'll leave it in in the episode, but... Kate and I were just saying how we feel very out of practice just yeah a week yeah um thank you everybody for your understanding I had a little bit of a health scare last week um still trying to figure out what it is but it's um so we're dealing with it it's fine everything's gonna be fine. fine um the thing that happened hasn't happened Lately, so that's good. That's very good news. Right. So um, I'm just trying to take take good care of myself and rest and all that. So I was just um, not in the best headspace last week, but I'm feeling better now. So thank you, everybody, for letting us take take a selfish, you know? Yeah. We yeah. needed to take a selfish, and we're, we're back at it with a truly wonderful episode. There's no way I could have done this on my own. Like, you had to be... Right. Like, I thought about saying to you, like, don't worry about it. Like, I'll take care of it. But this is such a great episode. I'm really sad if you didn't. Because I've missed out on some good ones. I know. And it's the first one we both cried I know. We both sent pictures crying of each other (laughs) after we watched it. So it it just. And there was a, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. That are really just specific for you. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um. And we are not the only people who cried. I'll just say that. We can talk about that later. Um, So, yeah. So, thank you, everybody. Here we are. Um, We still owe you guys a mini-sode on the pilot. Mm -hmm. So, if you are not on Twitter or you missed it, um, Craig Thomas got bored (laughs) a couple weeks ago and decided to post a pilot for... A new show that never aired. So I guess they made the pilot a few years ago with this comedian, Chris Stefano, I believe. Right? Yeah. Yep. And I think it was like two years ago, mm. three years ago that it was Yeah, made. a couple years ago. And it's ago. listed as like the Chris Stefano something. It's like a TV movie on mm. IMDb. Because I was trying to find like the names of some of the the actors in there that right. I didn't know. Um, yeah. Like the, the grandma. Right, mother-in-law, whatever she is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I had a hard time finding it, but because it was listed as like a TV movie, not even like a TV show. Oh, it's yeah, it's TV movie, and it's called The Stefano, and it came De out Stefano. in two thousand seventeen. Well, if you guys haven't watched it, you can find it. Um, you know, a few weeks back on both Craig's Twitter, and also we retweeted it twice. Um, and it is so. Is so how I met your mother. Like the the feel of it, the music, the colors of the set, like mm-hmm. everything is very himium. I'm sad that it didn't get made. Me too. Um, and also, I, it has that sort of like that twist to it, right? That you you think it's just going to be like a normal comedy if you don't know anything about the show, and then there's this twist of you know time jumps and all this stuff. So even like the font, like yes, yes. I was like, oh. I like found it greens. charming. Ugh. I think, you know, for a pilot, there was, like, some stuff, like, I don't love the really heavy New York accent. Like, I find that to be very distracting. 
Mm, yeah. Um, Save it for the mini-sode. Duh. <laughs> I know, but we just, were both okay. about to launch into it. But yeah. Gonna, just take the 20 minutes and watch it. It was delightful. And we'll yeah. talk more about it. And, you know, it was, just, yeah. it was fun. I know. And I wish people, I guess it's like If you love not, him and you miss it. Yeah. They're not allowed to do that, but I'm so glad that they did. And I, I don't know what's going to happen I panicked a little now. bit that, like, it was going to get taken down. I wasn't going to be know. able to watch it to take my notes. Nope, it's still there, guys. It's still there. So, um, yeah, so that was awesome. Speaking of awesome, Caitlin and I had a blast on a our... fucking blast. June... Didn't we? ...Patreon live stream. Caitlin is holding her Barbie doll right now. She made her... She made her little, made her little headphones, and they're very cute. Um... Yeah, so um, if you missed it, we did a color reveal Barbie, both of us. Highly and recommend. it was very, very fun. So fun that one of our listeners, one of our Patreon pals, Dina, actually went out and got a Barbie herself and shot a video and sent it to us of her and her girlfriend doing it. And it was excellent. Okay. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank Thanks you for, for sending that to you. That was really, really that. sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. Um, we will be announcing the next live watch on Twitter this week. I promise. Mm -hmm. Um, so look for that and look for the poll for the, for the four, um, potential episodes we're going to watch. Obviously everything kind of got sidetracked because I wasn't feeling great. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fine guys. And, um, just one more funny thing that I, (laughs) I love is that we now have a patron named Clint. Love it. So shout out to Clint. Um, it's just great to see your name when I log in. And I'm just going to pretend that you're Ted's weird stepdad. Okay? That's just how it is. Super normal. Very fine. Uh, um, also, you know, the fight for justice for Breonna Taylor's family continues. Uh, please keep her name trending. Keep sharing things. Keep calling. Because, uh, yeah, just because Black Lives Matter isn't quote unquote trending anymore doesn't mean racism is over <laughs> so and it's fixed and it's better and we can yeah. get back to our quote-unquote normal lives right i mean it's still happening and we're still finding out about uh, you know other other black people who have been who have been killed um who hadn't been at the forefront you mm-hmm. know like elijah mclean was a, a, a recent one but that happened in 2019 yep. so i mean there are so many stories so just keep keep your foot on the gas. As it's really they say. frightening when you when you start to dig, and you know, mm-hmm. my ignorance as a white person, um, as you start to dig deeper to find those cases that you don't fucking hear about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, we hear that it happens all the time, but then you dig a little bit deeper. Right. And it's really shocking. Well, and and it's it's so frequent that you forget names and you forget. Mm-hmm. You know, like who was that, and and when did where did that happen, and and so then when you, I remember, um, maybe it was last year or the year before when I was going to a like a anti gun protest. I wanted to talk on my sign about, um, you know, the police use of guns, right, and how it's mm-hmm. deadly and um, disproportionately targeting uh, black communities. And so I was, I looked up all the names, and I mean, it is just, it's overwhelming. So Did you see the Dixie Chicks um, <gasps> March video at the end? Yes. They start flashing the names and it is so fast you can't even fucking read them. Yep. The Chicks, you mean? Yeah, the Chicks. The Dixie Chicks have changed their name to the Chicks and I love them so much. 
Uh, the Chicks are a favorite band of mine and of Caitlin's. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for an awesome new song, they actually have two. Gaslighter is awesome, but specifically for the movement right now, or for the moment rather, what's it called? Uh, March. See. It's called and March. Juliana is really good too. Oh, I love That's that the, song. Yeah. Calm down. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Mm-hmm. My name's in it. That's why I like it. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we should jump into the episode. All right, let's get into it. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Russell, Tish, Johnny, and Ben. Thanks to all of our patrons for their support of this show. Remember, our Patreon works on a sliding scale. You give what you can each month, and you'll receive all the perks we offer, like private live streams with us and monthly book recommendations. Join us for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpie. Oh, Caitlin, snacking again? <sighs> yeah, so I'm back to pretzels. What They're happened? Just- I like flew through all of those cookies from Rachel's Cookies and Treats. Like flew through them. I I said I was going to share with the boys. I gave them a little bit. And I'm regretting that because even though I ate probably 90%. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I cannot get enough of those all real ingredients. There's no preservatives. They taste so good because they're made in those small batches. Yeah, it tastes like you made them. Yes. Have you seen their Instagram videos? Oh, I love Instagram videos. Very soothing. Mm-hmm. I, I love, love watching watch them like mix the dough, and you mm-hmm. can see them weighing and hand forming the cookies. And I keep saying they, but it's important to uh, shout out that this is a woman-owned business. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my freezer is currently stacked with Rachel's <gasps> cookies and treats because I used our promo code and did a nice big order. Oh, that's right. The promo code. What is it, Kate? I need more. Rachel's more cookies. cookies. Yes. Uh, the promo code for all of our listeners to get 25% off Rachel's Cookies and Treats. You go to rachelscookiesandtreats.com and the promo code is HBFAM. So H-B-F-A-M, all caps, and you'll get 25% off your order. You can even reuse the code, which is very so generous. amazing and exciting. That happens. Yeah. So right now I have... Well, the lemon cookies were gone as soon as I got them. Known as lemon cookies. Done. Um, In the freezer, I have the brownies. I have oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. So freaking good. Go and get yours. (laughs) And tell us what you got. Tell us what you got. Yeah, I already saw someone in our email said that they bought some cookies. So get on over to rachelscookiesandtreats.com. Promo code HBFAM. And you'll get 25% off. And you know what? If you maybe aren't super into cookies, they make a really good present. And they ship anywhere in the continental U.S. In the continental, yeah. Send them to their, your mom that you haven't talked to in a couple months. It'll make Hell a yeah. Like, right. Or your BFF you haven't seen. That's right. That's right. So Rachel's Cookies and Treats, thank you so much for sponsoring us. Get over there and use the code. All right, Kate. So as soon as we're done recording, I'm definitely heading over to rachelscookiesandtreats.com. I'm using that promo code HBFAM, all caps, so I can get 25% off. So the next time you hear me chewing, it'll definitely be a cookie. No more pretzels. Cookies only. No more pretzels. Cookies only. This is season four, episode 13, Three Days of Snow. 
Yay. Yay. It first aired on January 19th, 2009, and was written by Matt Kuhn. I'm going to guess that's how you say it. Um, remember, he wrote Columns, but Slapsgiving and Three Days of Snow. So I guess we can forgive him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we won't see him again until season five, so. All right. Um, don't forget this. We've talked about this before. He writes Barney's blog. He wrote the playbook, the bro code. Oh, for all the he's the one who does that. Okay. Yeah, he's Barney's voice, which I feel like this was not a lot of Barney in this episode. I mean, it was, but. Yeah, but it not hugely. It wasn't yeah. hugely Barney for somebody who is Barney's voice, basically. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, what a complex episode to write. So, I mean, for me, I love the episode for starters. And then on top of that, for it to be so intricate. Yeah. I mean, the planning that probably went into the, the timelining and the figuring out where to put scenes. I don't know if that's the writer that does that or if that's, like, another piece of the team. But... Just masterfully put together as an episode. Just even having a piece of it, let alone having your name be the one as credited for... Like, I mean, it's just... Right. It's such a great episode. We'll, we'll, get, we'll into get into it. it. As we say. <laughs> I feel like we need that on a shirt. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> and, of course, directed by Pam Fryman. Yay! So I did mention um, that Matt has written for Barney's blog, and there is a blog post for this. Um, with Barney's bingo card, and it just uh, of course. shows you exactly what it looks like, and then the rules. So nice. if you care about that, head on over there. But we'll hear more about his bingo card in just a second. Um, so our episode opens up with future Ted detailing the origin of one and one of Marshall and Lily's like things. I think he calls it like a ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime one of them would fly, the other would pick them up from the airport with a chauffeur sign, and the other would bring a six-pack from wherever they were flying. And that's something that they did for 11 years. That's yeah. a long, long, long-standing tradition, and also difficult to manage. Right, especially in a city where, like, public transportation is really easy. It's not like, you know, me out in the country. Like, Liz picking me up is not some cute thing that she does. It's like, that's what we have to do. <laughs> right. And not to mention, like, this is three years after TSA changed the flight mm. regulations. So Lily wouldn't even be able to bring that as a carry. Like, so what would that even look like? It would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. Yeah. At McLaren's, we have Marshall's trying to explain to Ted that it's just not going to happen. You know, that stuff was really fun when they were younger. But as they mature, <laughs> their relationship matures with them. And I love how he, like swirls his white wine around in the glass looking very grown ted is just like bewildered that marshall would not pick up lily because the the two of them as a couple i think just stands for so much to the entire group like ted says they're such an inspiration even even barney remember when they thought Mm -hmm. that they were getting divorced and barney like crumbled and then when at their wedding he like choked up when he was doing the ceremony yeah. So, yeah, everyone's it's, kind of looking to them. Except Robin, apparently. But <laughs> That's okay. It's That's Robin. normal. Yeah, normal. I'd be a little worried if she was. Right, right. Um, yeah, so Ted points out that, like, that is all he wants, which, of course, is the cue for Barney to rush in, saying that there are some <laughs> college girls outside and that they look easy. And so then Ted runs out, leaving Marshall with his glass of wine all to himself. Oh, single Ted. And, yeah, single Ted. Oh. So thirsty. <laughs> and there's this kind of like creepy interaction where they try to glean more information. Although I did think that the I've always wanted to see an Arizona license was very clever. 
Yeah, like, very to clever. Get the age, yeah. yeah. And also like um uh very grown up of you. Like I'm glad you're making sure that they were legal. Yeah, no, good job, Ted. Good for you. I'd never um, heard that one. It's smart. Yeah. And so I, I pointed out, I said, I wrote here, like, Ted looks different here. Like, I don't know if he had, like, mm. lost weight or something different. Like, I don't know. Something about his face looked different to me. Just even from last episode? Yeah. What like, was that episode? was, I, this was, like, a note I wrote in my first go around. I don't know. Maybe he got a haircut. And that could have been it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I pointed out his amazing Slytherin sweater mm. with the green and, and gold, uh, green and gray stripes. I love it. I love Ted in the sweater. Me too. Better than like the big cuff shirts. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, so Barney and Ted try to set up a date kind of, but mm-hmm. Barney argues against giving them her number because then they have the ability to call and cancel, but they could also yep. just ghost them. So. Right. I mean, maybe back then when cell phones still weren't ubiquitous. Yeah. There was, there was still a thing where you didn't ghost people. Wow, what a time. What a time. Because, uh, I, you know, I think. Sounds terrifying, honestly. And Matt Kuhn or Kuhn, however he says his last name. I mean, he wasn't. He probably went through dating without cell phones at all. Right. So right. he's thinking if you don't get a number, they got to show up because that's how how it, it was done in, in the, like the, the early aughts and 90s. So strange. Not today, friends. Not no, today. Not today. Um, But one of the girls makes a joke about, but, you know, there's supposed to be snow. What if there's a blizzard? Mm -hmm. Um, So they part ways, agreeing to meet at McLaren's the next night at about 10 o'clock. And a few flakes start to fall. And Barney looks up to the sky. And the camera, like, zooms out. And it's it's this view from outer space. And you see this massive snowstorm. Yeah. And if you've ever seen any sort of natural disaster movie, you know... That it's not good. Right. But apparently, like, the storm was moving clockwise, which mean, which means good weather. It should have been moving the other way, which would oh. some more pressure. Like, there's a whole, like, weather analysis. Oh, that. I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It reminded me a little of Come On episode Ooh. season one when there's the yes. storm. Yeah, the that rain. Keeps getting pushed out and pushed back in. There are a lot of, like, storm episodes in this in this show, and I love all of them. Yeah. And there I mean some of them I are love just the fun. You me. Some of them are really pivotal like this this one's kind of just you know like a bottle episode, right? But it's really fun. Um but yeah, I I just love the the storm episodes. Um what other little things that I want to say? Oh, it was important to mention that the girls are in town because their band has a oh, gig. Yes. That's right. And but Ted, they don't tell us what kind of band. <laughs> right. Ted wants to go see them but that's one of the things where barney pulls him back and says right like no like we don't want to be those guys we're not gonna go see their band yeah it's a cute little it's a cute little um a cute little um what do you call it interaction dialogue back like a yeah like a a running a little bit yes 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 bit is the word i was thinking of so it's a cute little bit we got there it's a cute little bit of barney pulling him into the bar pulling him back um and you just remember how many rules there are in Barney's head for dating. Um, you know, you can't give them your cell phone number. You um, don't want to go see their stuff because you want them to think that you're their dad, basically. So gross. Yeah, <laughs> right? Point out those things. And then when he's doing the honka and Ted's like, are we still their dad? <laughs> gross. 
So um, gross. Yeah. So, I mean, the theme of at least not this plot, but of the Lillian Marshall plot is the the growing up and away from the the little things that make you a couple. And um, so then we cut after these little flakes to the blizzard of 09 because it has arrived. Um, I don't remember the blizzard of 09. I do. Well, I do because Jack was little and I have I have a oh. Facebook album, Blizzard of 09. Oh, and I have pictures of him out in the snow. Some of my favorite ones. I love that. I don't even know where I was living at that point. Um, I remember a really, really bad snowstorm. When I was living in one one place and our power went out and that, that was really, really bad. But I think that was the 10-11 blizzard. So we have one every year, guys. I, I know. We, we really do. We really do. Um, so apparently blizzard of 09, three days straight of snow. Um, and I like I said, I love the storm episode. There's always something magical about them. Mm. Um and we'll we'll continue to see that. And so we're we have three days and three stories. And I said this is like a riddle because normally in a riddle they tell you the answer right in the riddle, right? Yeah. So we get the answer right up front that this is three different days, but it's like we're not hearing it. Like no, um, it's so clever how when I, I remember the I still get that feeling when it comes together and you're like what I know it's like the riddle of um you have two core you have two coins in your hand and they add up to 25 cents or they add up to 15 cents one isn't a nickel it's like yeah because the other one is right you know it's something like that where like you hear it but you don't really hear it Ted and Barney are in the empty bar it's night two and they're waiting for the girls to show up because night one was Marshall and Robin. Um, Barney tells us about party school bingo. So he has this little bingo card of all the party schools. I remember being in college and Playboy releasing the list. I remember like, is, is URI going to be on there? Yeah, because sometimes URI was on it and sometimes URI was listed at the bottom where mm-hmm. it was like these schools aren't even... These schools are, like, above the party. They're, like, professionals, and they don't deserve to be on the list. So I think, I like, did... UConn was on, the usually yeah. along the bottom. So I've I feel done like... some research into the Playboy party school list because it wasn't every year. Because mm. I was like, oh, it's, let me see if the schools actually line up, if they're the right. same for the 2009 list. And that's like, oh, well, maybe they took it from the 2008 list, but there wasn't a 2008. It was, like, 2002... 2009 and then moving forward yeah so it must have been the o2 list but i almost feel like it was like a like an urban legend mm-hmm. and every school bragged about like being one of the professionals that wasn't actually on the list right yes yeah i, yeah, feel like I think was it was totally like mentioned on the tour when the parents yeah, went, yeah. went away <laughs> yeah right exactly um meanwhile dry campus we were not a fucking <laughs> huge party school no um, no 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 at least i wasn't i wasn't doing it so anyway um they're in the bar waiting for their the girls to show up. And then uh, we cut to Marshall and Robin, which is night one. Cut to Marshall and Robin, and it's like the beginning of a porno, right? She's over there. I wrote the same fucking thing. She's like, my radiator's Fanny. broken. Mm-hmm. So hot in here. I mean, I feel like that's used later in a scene with Barney, like see, like a couple seasons later. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, this is why I sleep in my my suit jammas, right? 
Because they got to be ready for anything, for girls to show up if their radiator breaks, right? So it's like a classic porno trope, which sets up why Marshall thinks that Robin's hitting on him, right? Yeah, and her little cut-off shorts in January. Like, her butt's, like, pushed down. Right, right, right. So it's like, what's happening? So you're like, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, is something going to happen between Robin and Marshall? Yeah. I mean, they just had, you know, their, their other um, episode little minnesota right where they bonded where they bonded so this is another marshall robin episode which we love they're great um robin can't believe that he's not picking her up from the airport he's not picking lily up from the airport and she says i bet she's gonna get you that six-pack anyway which makes marshall panic and chris and i have done similar things and we'll say okay i'm not going to but that means you can't. Okay, we promise, right? None of neither right. one is going to do it, right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Right. And we have to like swear on it. Happens with like times. presents and things like that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No okay, presents. Well, really not doing presents, right? Yeah. And it's like, but maybe you just want to surprise me, so I'll get you one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yep. usually happens is like I will do that for Chris. And he goes, God damn it. Like, I didn't get you anything. I thought we weren't doing presents. But I'm like, I saw it and I had to get it. I just it. had to. So Linda and me. I just had to. Um, so we get this this anxiety. Also, Robin had on like cool girl uniform from like the two thousands. You know, oh, like yeah. the little mini, the gray tank, the like, tank. Yep, yep, yep. I wrote yep. that in. I was like, oh, she's looking like a cool girl. She just needed like three more tank tops with <laughs> yeah. the layered tanks, right? Ugh. Wow, what a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get we cut to one of Marshall's worst nightmares, which is Lily leaving him for a guy because he didn't show up at the airport. And he's like this little Euro trash guy who looks like John Gosling dressed him. (laughs) Yeah. He looks like he's got like the Ed Hardy look going on. Um, But then we cut back and Marshall's getting ready to go to the airport because he's like, she's going to be there with a six pack. But it turns out she didn't get a six pack. Because they both agreed they weren't going to, but on both ends, they're being talked out of it. Um, by someone else, yeah. By someone else. And the person talking the person talking Lily out of it is actually a Buffy the Vampire Slayer crossover. Yep. She was in the episode... Um, Double Meat Palace. Double Meat Palace. Lady. Uh-huh. She wig actually lady. passed away last <gasps> July at the age of 90. R.I.P. So like wig lady. in here. Oh. She wow. looks great. She looks awesome. Um, and. Yeah. So she, if you haven't seen Buffy, she, yeah, I won't spoil it, but. She was also in Elvira. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Yep. Uh, what? I haven't Elvira, seen it. Mistress of the Dark? I haven't seen it. I know she's got killer titties. That's all Holy I know. Holy shit. I just, I didn't know what, I didn't know what, but I just really loved that movie. <laughs> I didn't know why, but I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yep. But so the woman who plays the woman next to her on the plane is called, her name is, was Pat Crawford Brown. Aw. She didn't start working until she was like in her mid fifties. Get it, girl. So you know what? It is never too late. But it's if never you're Pat, too it could be too early. So, you know, she was clearly meant to play old ladies. Yeah. She was in a, that's who she was. She was also, okay, I actually found the trailer for this because I just, she was in a movie, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle. What? The, 
Is it like when she was younger? No, she it was like in the eighties. Bill Maher's in it. Like what? If, like the government hires this feminist from a local university to track down piranha women living in the avocado jungle of death, and it was a produced by it's called it's a guacamole film. I'm like this has to be porn or fake, but what? I can't. I didn't do enough research to know if it was satire or not. It seems like something they would have on Mystery Science Theater 3000. So maybe it's like a a send up of those old like maybe. B movies. That's so freaking weird. It's yeah, it was 1989. It was very strange. I found it dubbed in Spanish. What the fuck? It's just that's insane. Mhm. That is wild. Um, all right. So, so anyway, back. Yeah. So back on the plane, uh, Double Meat Palace lady, Pat, is saying that I bet he picks you up anyway. I bet he'll be there. So now both of them are panicking and, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to still be there for each other. Um, and we get Lily's fantasy. Her nightmare is. Marshall not letting her come home with him because she didn't bring the six pack finding a woman this old older this uh, taller Scandinavian woman with beer a six pack and an appropriate height come on new Lily <laughs> I love that they're both in both these fantasy nightmare whatever things dreamscapes that yep. both the other people are foreign oh yeah yep I love the like dr- the dramatic twirl as they like run yeah. off together. Like Lily does the classic like stage run. Yeah, you yep. know. Yeah. Oh, it's just. <laughs> it's so great. It's so so good. Because I love how the other character like really leans into it. Oh you know, yeah. Like, Lily's all about that guy, and Marshall's all about new Lily. New Lily, yeah. But she's in luck because the plane is gonna her flight is gonna arrive an hour early, so she'll have time to get some beer. That's from right. Marshall before he arrives. So that's. Thank goodness. Oh, she was also, I can't forget this. Okay. okay. Before we move on, I have to say this about Pat Crawford Brown because she was a fucking choir nun in Sister Act. <gasps> in Sister Act 2, back in the What? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to look for her. I, I know, love so that. I had to, like, mention that because. Rest easy, Pat. I know. Thanks for all yes. the, the great work. She really had a very interesting, like, like over, like, 180 or something, tons and tons of work, like, little bit parts here and there but it was just really cool to see someone who's like 55 yeah doing that. hey maybe we can go be character actors when we're in our 50s character actor dude same perfect level of fame everyone Agreed. loves you and they're like you were in that thing right and yeah, just be like, yes yeah, i was i was <laughs> even if it wasn't me yes i was oh i was in it mm-hmm. yep absolutely <clears throat> back at the bar we have ted and barney still waiting for the band girls to show up, but Carl needs to leave because he's got to set up cots in the church basement as a temporary shelter. Can we talk about how hot Carl looks with hair? So hot. That's the difference, right? He didn't have yes. hair before. Yeah. Woo, Carl can get it. Like, I I pause and I'm like, that is that Carl? Yeah, right? Right? Ooh. With the scarf, too. He just looks good. He looks good. And he's off to do some charity work? I know. Right. He's a good person. Okay. Um, But the boys... Don't want to leave because the girls haven't shown up and, you know, wah, 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 wah. But they prove that they know how to run a bar, <laughs> which is, you know, just serve the hotties first. And Carl yeah. hands over the keys so the boys can leave. 
and he gives them very explicit instructions. As soon as the girls get there, they got to lock up and leave. But of course, we know that's not what's going to happen. Right. And because we get this flashback to some time ago when Ted and Barney are playing Monopoly. Yeah, together alone. Okay, okay, that's believable. And future Ted tells us they utter five words that every man will say at some point in their life. We should buy a bar. And so they decide they should totally buy a bar. And the name of the bar? Puzzles. Puzzles. Puzzles is born. Why is it called Puzzles, Kate? That's the puzzle. (laughs) I love the, like, head taps. Um, So, yeah, so they decide, you know, that... They'll never gonna, they're never going to have last call. And Ted makes this like very Ted Mosby declaration that only when everyone is done having the best night of their life will they stack the chairs on the table and t- turn off the three-story margarita waterfall. How many best nights of your life have you had at a bar? Uh, Not many. Right? Like, I would, would not want to go tough. to a bar and not have like not like we would stay open till everyone's done having the best night of your life like what if you're there because you're having like the worst fucking night of your life and you're yeah, just gonna right? let that person drink themselves to death right right no it's time. also like illegal <laughs> bars True. have to close so it's fine it's fine um and i love that we get this also flash forward mm-hmm. to other times that we will hear five words that men say they're ill-advised. So I can jump that far. I'm going to win her back. And then Carl says, I can trust you guys. I can trust you guys. Yep. So there you go. Five words. Yeah. And I looked up, because um, I was trying to figure out when Ted says I'm going to win her back. So I looked up what episode that was from. And it there's actually on the, the Hemium wiki, there's a whole list of times that people say, ill-advised five words like Ooh. when marshall and lily buy a house like lily saying we should buy a place um so there's there's a couple more than the ones in this episode oh yeah marshall i can run that far yeah i can um, run that far that's another five five word one we'll 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 put a pin in that and yeah whenever we get to that episode we'll get to that episode and hopefully we'll remember we talked about it right um so we see ted and barney living out their best bar fantasies tossing bottles back and forth breaking shit while the beach boys kokomo plays out in the background <laughs> like a scene out of cocktail it's so good is kokomo in cocktail it must I have be no idea but it's just like you see. know it, it's very cocktail so I, let me see if that's song one of my it. friends in college loved that movie really yeah let's see I Co- seen kokomo by the beach boys was in cocktail so good job bringing that up all oh, i could think of was full house yeah. Because remember that time period uh, when Uncle Jesse played, literally played why? drums for the Beach Boys? John Stamos really did. Oh, but like, I could never figure out, I'm like, why the fuck are the Beach Boys? Why are the Beach Boys here? Why are, why are fucking Frankie and Annette here? Remember it went like, it went like 60s, like beach blanket bingo for a while? Yeah. I was like, did I have a stroke? What the fuck happened? What are these oh old ass God. people doing on fucking... I could not figure it out. And... I got into a fight with somebody in grad school who, like, was super into music. I should never have fought him. Oh, no. But he said Brian Williams and the Beach Boys were more influential on music than, like, the Beatles and whatever, whatever. And I was like, fuck the Beach Boys. The only thing I know about them is fucking Full House. <laughs> Bad. But, like, he, he like, knows music stuff, so that yeah. could be true. And no, accurate, I mean, but 
Yeah, they were I they were very most influential. Of the Beach Boy songs. I know that they introduced the Beatles to drugs. <laughs> so, I mean, in that way, they influenced music because they influenced the Beatles making music on drugs. Um, I'm sure there are other ways, and people will write in and tell us. I yeah, and I don't hate every fucking Beach Boy song, but like I just Kokomo's great. It reminds me of like going out on a party boat with my white trash family. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like what a moment. Like, there's a couple songs I nice that I'm like, I love. Yeah, but it's not a Beach Boys thing. Let's get let's get back in. I like it. Good Vibrations, too. Yeah. There um, are definitely a couple hits I like. I shouldn't say fuck them. Have you watched all of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend while we're talking about the Beach Boys for, like, one hot second? <sighs> no, I have not oh, okay. finished it. Because I... But go ahead. But there is, a, there is a piece where one of the songs is, like, moves through the ages of the Beach Boys. Like, the different, like, phases of their career. So it starts out kind of like you know twist and shout beach blanket shit yeah then it goes into the hippy dippy good vibrations and then it goes into the fucking kokomo with everyone in the fucking shirts it's great i i bet it's perfect oh it's so i i need to get back into that show because i loved um the final season's on netflix oh yeah okay cool we're watching the final season now anyway um so we cut away from kokomo and lily is at the airport early an hour early on Thursday to go um, and get her beer, which is in East Meadow. And I don't know where that is in relation to New York. I bet Caitlin does. I did. I did. So one thing, there is um, not a Bruniverse in New York. There's (laughs) one in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I'm not sure which airport she's at. So she's at JFK. Mm. It's 17 miles. So she could make it. It would be tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if she's in LaGuardia, it's 24. She's got to be at JFK. So it is more like, it's on Long Island. Oh, East um, Meadow. I've, I, that's what my guess was, was that it was yeah, on Long Island. Yeah. All right. Um, so we see Ranjit again. It's been yeah. a while. Um, and Ranjit is there to pick up somebody else who he swiftly ditches at the airport um, to help Lily go and get her beer. Because he knows, he even he knows about the ritual. I imagine Ranji has maybe picked one of them up before, right? Like, he's been part of the tradition, potentially. Um, because he, he knows all about it, and he knows how drastic this is. Uh, so they run off to East Meadow. Back at the bar, Ted and, Mar- Ted and Barney still cannot get their cocktail game together. But it doesn't really matter, because then the ladies arrive. The women quickly sort themselves... Because one of them talks about Hoth. I've got... So I knew you weren't going to know what Hoth was. Isn't it like a snowy planet? So it's more than just a snowy planet. But yes, it is a snowy planet. Oh, here we so, go. Um, it is the it's snowy like ice actually planet that, that housed the Rebel Alliance's Echo Base in Empire Strikes Back. It's where like the, the movie like opens. Um, it's where Luke narrowly escapes death. One from a deadly wampa. And he cuts off its arm and escapes. And I forgot to bring it up. He cut um, off his I, own arm? No, no, no. The wampa's arm. I mm. have a wampa. A wampa is like this big, like, snowy ice beads with these, like, tusks. Ooh. I have a wampa arm. Yeah. Ice scraper. So you put your hand in the wampa <laughs> arm and you scrape the ice and it's, like, bloody on the bottom. Merchandising. Merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> Think geek. I love that place. Um. So, yeah. So, um. and it's also, so then, like, 
Luke is out wandering. Wait, is that where he had to cut open the animal and climb inside? The tauntaun, yeah. The tauntaun? So Han finds him, the tauntaun freezes to death, and they beat the odds, which are 725 to 1, according to R2. Wow. And then I had to watch Empire Strikes Back, so. (laughs) So that was my day. Pretty much, like pretty much. I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get back to these notes. But see, I like know things without having seen the, the show or the movies, mostly from How I Met Your Mother. Don't they talk about a fucking tauntaun on this show? I feel like I they think do. So. They must, because I know they about must. it. I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the girls arrive. One of them, you know, like Star Wars, the other one has a an absent father. So Barney calls Dibsity Dibsity <laughs> Dibsity on her. Um, then we soon find out just what kind of band these girls are in, and it turns out to be in a wonderful himyum twist of events. The Arizona Tech Fighting Hens Marching Band. Go, Go hens. hens. Go Hens. <laughs> and we get another one of the... Oh. This is maybe the most classic telepathic conversation oh in, the, in this show. I cannot <laughs> get enough of it every time. I have to go back and watch it. Liz and I it's- were watching it and I paused it. Because she, like, got up to get something. Very Stella watching Star Wars, right? Uh, yes. She went up. She got up to get something. And I paused it. I was like, no, you need to see this shit. This is, like, the best thing. Aruba, Jamaica. And it's all so subtle. Just, like, the the, the tiniest Neil little Har- moment. Harris is just. And he, like, like twitches a little, a little shoulder. Like, like, just, like, a little. Just, like. Little, a little shoulder action. Speaking of sister, sister act. Yeah. Um. It's just so great. Mm-hmm. And that alone convinces Ted that they should open puzzles for business. Um, yeah. Oh so then Marshall and Robin are in the car. So this is day one. Um, and it's snowing. And Robin is telling Marshall just how stupid she thinks it all is that he's going to the airport in a blizzard. And as usual, she's on the opposite side of things than Ted when it comes to love. But it turns out we find out from Marshall that this is not the only ritual that's dying. And that's why both of them have sort of sprung into action because they're realizing um, we see both of them talking about how all of their rituals are falling apart. So they want to they want to save one if they can. Right. Um, So there are other rituals. What they ate. You know, as soon as they got home was a big one. Um, and we get to see Lily in her season one wig. The lunchtime phone call. You know, we're just saying, you know, I love you. And Marshall's, you know, devastated because he let it go to voicemail, which is important at this point. Um, and then, of course, the New Year's Eve kiss. And the fact that they fell asleep. And we have evidence that this is one of theirs. We don't really see the other two very much at all. But we know that Marshall ran across Manhattan mm-hmm. to kiss that bitch on New Year's Eve season one. So this is such an important ritual that they sort of let fizzle. Um, so I think it's a good time that we talk about our rituals. What What are your rituals with, with Chris, your little lovey-dovey ones? Oh, my ones? God. So many of them. And I had told Chris, I was like, what are some of the things that you would be sad if they went away? Mm-hmm. So when we first started dating he would travel a lot to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's where he worked. He basically, like, commuted, like, lived up there most yeah. of the week, during the week, and then came home on the weekends. And um, 
early on into our relationship, I would, um, like, he had complained about not finding any good breakfast, and, like, he needed to get, like, some bananas. So, like, I got a little thing of Cheerios that he liked and put him in, like, a container and found, I got a banana put and, like, packaged it so it wouldn't get smushed and put it and hid it in his suitcase with a little orange note card because he loves orange. And so that has, like ballooned into like anytime we go away like hide you've seen the post-its yeah when oh we, we do to post-its too yeah yeah hiding the post so it evolved from like the note mm-hmm. cards because that's expensive to just like post-its and, and things like that so we yeah put post-its um every place we've lived together on the front door we always put a, I, put I put a post-it on it it says welcome home with a heart so that was like a big deal we moved here Aww. um we have reminders in the phone. I put reminders in his phone. Uh, one says, your wife was thinking of you at like 10 something. And then at one something, it's text your wife that you love her. <laughs> That's cute. Um, yeah, I think, though, the post-it note is probably like the one I would be the most sad. The main one. Yeah, if that went away. We have a lot of, we have a lot, I am very ritual based. Mm, yeah. Um, find a lot of comfort in that stuff. So, yeah. Um, we have tons, but I think like the, the notes is probably the thing that would make me the saddest that one way because it's something that when we're apart, it reminds me of, of Chris or, you know, like something. Right. Yeah. So what, yeah. Are, your, what are your things? Well, we do post-it notes too. Um, and that's something that I think Liz has done her whole life. I'm looking at one right now. She bought... She got, um, so my mom gave me all these little vases that my dad had collected, like, cause he loved cobalt. And so, um, she brought in one of those vases and then she put some little daisies in it. And then it just says, I heart you E on the front of it on a little poster. Now it's very cute. Um, yeah. So it's something that she's, it's been part of her life and then she brought it into our lives. Um, so now we do it for each other. Like usually, the night before something big's going to happen mm-hmm. or, you know, if one of us needs extra support for some reason or the other, like the most recent besides this one um, <laughs> was uh, Liz had to go back to the office, like the office reopened and she was not very excited about it. So I did uh, post-its in the bathroom for when she woke up in the morning. One of them was like on the mirror that says, good luck at your first day back. And my favorite one was when she opened the toilet, it's on the back of the toilet and said, you're the shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, so I love that you brought that up of like the hiding. I love hiding them in like mm. clever places. So that's adorable. Yeah. I usually will put like, you know, if Chris is traveling or something and he packs like a sh- an outfit, I'm like, oh, you look so cute in this shirt or. Oh, that's cute. I love cute. your little butt in these pants. That's cute. But um, the the other one. Real good. Isn't That's, that good? You're, put, you're, you're allowed to use it. Okay. Steal it. Right, Go for you, it. Um, I had to ask Liz about, about other ones. So an, another one would be um, just like our Saturday morning ritual. You know, she gets up first, make sure that like the kitchen is clean. And then I get up and I make us breakfast and we just, you know, sort of chill. Lately, we've started like watching YouTube, like homesteady stuff on on Saturday mornings, and then we're like, let's go in the garden, like, before Aww. it gets too hot. So, like, that's that's our uh, current ritual. Um, and then the other one that I thought of was um, peonies are my favorite flower. And so every year during peony season, which is very, very short, Liz always makes sure that she gets me peonies. And it's very, very sweet. Like, this year she, because we're in quarantine and there's no time for us to be alone, 
she had to lie about going fishing to like drive out to this farm to get me some. So an hour away, she said, I'm in the I'm in the living room now. So you might hear Liz uh, chiming in, chiming in, which is great. But I mean, that Um, is just like, isn't that so sweet? Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are our, our three main ones that I would I would be sad to see altered, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so we have great partners. It's fine. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. Would If you and Liz had d- discussed not doing one of your rituals, would you or would you be guilted into it? I know we, we talked about it a little bit like we would do the, all right, I'm really not. Are you? Are you? Right. But like um, the ritual, like you said, like that usually comes up with a gift. Right. I mean, I still, I love surprises, so I think I still would. Yeah, I think I would too. I'd be like, yeah, totally, yeah, sure. and then I'd still do it. Yeah, wink. And wink. I, there have been times where I haven't been able to, um, like if Chris just like schedules or whatever, and I haven't been able to hide things. I at least would. I'm always like, hey, I'm not saying this, and then like surprising you. Like I really, right? Like it's just not. I just, I'm sorry. Right. So I try it's like just something not else happen. to surprise him while he's away, at least. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, Robin is on her usual bullshit of rituals are stupid and you're like children playing house which is really mean i feel like she's being really mean here and i don't know if she's jealous or if she's just being extra robin in this moment but and i feel like it was it was really mean because they're not playing house they've been in a committed loving relationship for over a decade right exactly right and maybe it's Maybe it started that way because, you know, they were in college and it's like a and, you know, like Marshall says, like there's no that's what they know best. I I don't blame Marshall for kind of going off on Robin here and, you know, saying that you don't understand love and that you've never been in a relationship long enough to develop these little rituals, which is true. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he, you know, (laughs) goes even further and calls her a robot, which I, I think he knows is over the line and she's really offended by that. And so she pulls over putting a p- potential end to his big romantic gesture. I loved the robot impressions. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Beep, boop, boop. It's like mine was way better. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Marshall. Um, Obviously. Back at McLaren's, it's a fucking mess. Ted is pouring. I'm sorry, McLaren's? Oh, my goodness. What was I saying? Back at Puzzles. <laughs> Back at Puzzles. Back at Puzzles. Yeah. It's a fucking mess. Ted's pouring yeah. shots, like trying to be fancy, like pouring them out in like, a uh, line, just wasting it. Some guy comes out of the bathroom to say the trough is overflowing. The but, fucking trough. And Barney's panicking. He's like, what's in a gin and tonic, Ted? What's in a gin and tonic? Like, he cannot handle his shit. <sighs> And nope. Carl is on the way. So that was it. That sent Barney over the edge and he decides that's it. He rings that bell and it is last call. Suddenly they get what it's like to own a bar and why there's a last call. Yeah, like it's terrible. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to do a little blow by blow here because it starts getting very choppy. Um, so it'll help us keep track of what's going on. Back in the car, Robin is clearly very offended and she starts getting upset with Marshall and she says you know there are lots of ways to be in love which is true Mm -hmm. like not everyone has to do exactly what you do and I think you're a love snob and if you guys left your love snob country club then you would know that there are other ways to be in love so clearly she's got some resentment Mm -hmm. there Um, but this whole time Marshall's like 
there's a snowplow coming. It's going to bury us. We need to move. Which you'd think from Canada, she would know this. I know. I think she just had to have been like so tuning him out. Right. That That's definitely what happened. Because, come on, despite Marshall's warning, it's exactly what happens. They get fucking yep. and I, I buried. 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 Um, Immediate panic attack. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just like buried alive. Oh my god, yeah. they're yeah. gonna find their frozen bodies. In they could be stuck there for days, 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 days. My days. god, Oof. thank god Robin's car is it Robin's car? Like, whose car are they in? That's something that never gets explained. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this is pre zip car, I'm pretty sure. Um, so Lily rushes into Bruniverse, which is almost closing up because, um, you know, it's the storm of the century, though it's only 2009, and there were 91 <laughs> years to go. <laughs> no. I just kept singing Ragtime over and over. Oh, the my crime God. Of the, the crime of the century. Oh, so good. Um, Lily ends up getting a keg of beer because that's all mm-hmm. they had. And so, like, things are just sort of, like, falling apart. You yeah. know, Lily can't get the six pack. She only has a keg. Ranjit doesn't want the the keg in the taxi, which I don't blame him. But right, they end up making a deal. She gives them like a couple extra, like twenty bucks or something. Fifty bucks. 50, yeah. Thank you. And off they mm-hmm. go. So Lily's got the beer. So what's going on with Marshall? Because now all we know is that he's buried a fucking live. Oh. Right. Right. <laughs> and in order to dig out of this, he has to dig out of the hole he made with Robin. Mm-hmm. So he apologizes to her. And I love that. He says, if you are a robot, you're a very advanced model and hu- humans don't stand a chance, <laughs> which is maybe the best compliment coming from Marshall. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, this is just the way our love is. You're right. There's lots of ways to do it. But I know that if she's there alone, I need to go get her. Those are the rules. That line, like, whew, I got chills. Those are the Marshall, rules. When Marshall gets earnest like that, there are a couple moments, and this is one of them, where you're just like, oof, he's just so right. He is. Um, so then Robin tells Marshall to close his eyes, and it's almost like a porno payoff, right, from that earlier thing. It was like this thread of, what's going on between them that they're like trapped in the car and then that uh close your eyes and marshall this is when marshall starts to think that robin's been hitting on him the whole time and luckily this random car we don't know whose it is uh has a sunroof and so she opens it and they get covered in snow and all of a sudden robin is sort of inspired by their love and she's like let's go get your woman so sweet So back at Puzzles, they're kicking everybody out. And um, these two youngins, these two Arizona tech guys are walking out. And they're like the young Ted and Barney, you know, saying, you know, when we grow up and we have a bar, there's never going to be a last call. And, you know, Barney and uh, and Josh, (laughs) Barney and Ted share a look. And they realize that they've, you know, betrayed their their former selves by having a last call so they want to keep puzzles alive and they move the party upstairs which is such a good idea such a good idea and we're glad that they do because that's that's how all the stories tie together and um then they utter another famous five word sentence we should start a band so they're already on to their next idea they're next they've given they've They've given up on puzzles for now. 
All right, so now we get a voiceover from Future Ted telling us about the planets and, like, timing and all of it coming together and, like, these beautiful moments. But this was not one of those times. And we see a very sad Lily and a very sad Marshall. They're calling out for one another. And you see them go to the same bench. Yep, and, and sit. And sit. And then the screen splits, and then you see that they are all alone. And Woo! I still, like, I've seen this episode so many times because it's one of my favorites of the whole series. Um, but I still always have that feeling of, oh, they're there at the same time. Me too. Do you know I'm what like, I mean yes! when they both sit down? This time it worked. Like, come on, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> poor oh, babies. it's just so sad. It's yep. so sad. So, yep. You know, Marshall's wondering where Lily is, and Robin heads over to one of the TVs and says, is she still in Seattle? That her flight is delayed. And Marshall's like, what? She would have called me. Mm. She would have told me that. And then he realizes he sent her phone call to voicemail. To voicemail. And so he listens to the message, and it's Lily telling him... That her flight got delayed and she won't be in for another two days, not till Thursday. And she goes, but it's lunchtime and I love you. And I just, no. my heart, like, broke. I know. I know. <sighs> oh, so, man. you know, Future Ted reminds us that this is three days of snow. And so then we get to see these three storylines and, and how they neaten up the timelines yeah. so we can figure yeah. out how everything worked out. So Tuesday was the failed pickup. With Marshall yep. and Robin. So Marshall goes to the airport twice. Right. Twice in a snowstorm. Right. For his wife. Right. For his wife. Right. And what so then dude. Wednesday is when Barney and Ted had puzzles. And um, so we know that Thursday is when Lily bought the beer. Yeah, the keg. The keg. Right. So now we need some flashbacks to kind of fill in the gaps to see how that actually happened. Because as we're watching the episode, it seems like it's all happening at the same time. Right, because no one is interacting right. with each other. Yep, it's Ted and Barney, Marshall and Robin, and Lily mm -hmm. all by herself. Yeah. So Marshall is at the party, night two. Mm -hmm. So he's gone to the airport night one. Night two, when Puzzles comes upstairs, he helps close out, you know, close out the bar with them. Um, and he's talking to Ted, just like he talked to him the night before, about how... Him going there, it was kind of like the universe saying, this is the end of your rituals. Like, you did all this for nothing. It's time to let it go. And Ted was like, I just don't, you're just going to let it go? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Dude, I know. <laughs> I fucking know. Um, so, and in that moment, Marshall says, yeah, no, we're done. But then drunken Arizona tech guy comes up and you know he says if you ever need anything let me know and it's like that's sort of sparks uh, for Marshall how he could sort of salvage yeah. uh, all of the rituals in one and um, yeah Ted says he's sad to see it all go and then we cut to Lily on Thursday sitting on that bench you know moments after we saw the split screen and all of a sudden, a lone clarinet starts playing Old Lang Syne. At this point, when I was watching it with Liz, she was like, no one's playing fucking a clarinet in the airport. 
And then when the two trumpets stood up, she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and by that point, we were both just like totally in. So, so Old Lang Syne, I don't know if this is like globally. This is the song that's played on New Year's Eve. But at least in America, this is like the song for New Year's Eve. So that's what the clarinet's playing. And then the trumpets stand up and then, you know, something's going on. And Lily's and looking then around. She's looking around and then. Oh. The fucking instruments come in from like every corner. And then there's Marshall with his little sign and his little sh- chauffeur hat. He tells her everything he had for a muffin, to eat that a day. A sandwich and a bag of chips. And I know oh, it's way past lunchtime, but I love you, Lily, love more you. and more each day. Happy New Year. And he. Oh! And then they kiss and everybody cries. He got all of the rituals all in one go. It is. All in one go. As soon as I hear that clarinet, like after you know what's going to happen, like yeah. the clarinet, like immediately chills and tears. For me, it's the trumpet. Is it? Because that's when it's like very clear, I think, to Lily that something's going yeah. on. I have goosebumps right now. Same. Like all over. Oh, God. And then we see. Um, you know, all the bands in and they're making out and Lily's like, yeah, yes, you do have to do this every single time now. And we see the woman that Ranji ditched Looking still around. wandering around the airport. It's still the same day. I I feel like the first time I saw it, I thought she'd been there for like three days. But it is at least luckily the same day. Yeah, it's only like an hour or so probably right. after. Right, which is good, which is good. Oh, my God. What a fucking scene. So incredible. Yeah. So good. So um, at the very end, we get this like quick little post credit scene where Ted is at, you know, at the apartment and he's talking to the Hoth girl and she's like, hey, have you seen so and so? And then Barney bursts out and just screams bingo. Gross. So gross. Congratulations, Barney. You win. We're not sure what. No. But. Uh, Bingo. I love how he explains it to Ted. Like, oh god, like, like he's, he's so idiot. stupid. Like, <laughs> I get bingo. Oh my god, Caitlin, what did you think of this episode? Oh, it's just so good. It's so. It's one of my. It's just a top favorite. Right? Yeah, yeah it's a top favorite. I love anything I, with Marshall and Lily's love. I know, and this one, I feel like it's, it's like the essence of How I Met Your Mother because it isn't just lovey dovey. It's like talking about the the sort of hard stuff you go through of like growing up and losing these sort of things and then fighting to keep them and I just remember being single and being worried that I would never find somebody who thought about love the way I did yeah and or and just feeling like maybe you know, all that's all the stuff on like how I met your mother and other shows that I watched was like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I when I would see an episode like this, I remember thinking, but people wrote that people wrote this scene. People. Yeah. Came up with this yeah. romantic gesture. They there are people who think this way and have this like big bleeding heart. And it's not just me. And it just made me feel a lot less alone. Yeah. And it made me feel more hopeful that. I would find I would find a love that was that sort of big all encompassing feeling like I needed like the world wasn't as cold as it mm-hmm. seemed when I saw that like a group of people wrote this scene yeah. this beautiful romantic scene it didn't just 
come out of you know like come down from the gods or something it's just people like the Mormon Bible. yeah Found it's it. just people Fair. writing about sorry love to any so. fans. sorry to the mormon fans um all right let's get into this ledge mose because yeah. we got 14 of them that has to be i think it's like a tie for our most right yeah yep yeah. Mm-hmm. i think 14's our top so remember, patrons get their legendary moments read in their entirety. And there are That's several right. patrons tonight. That's right. All right. Mostly. Mostly, yeah. Um, our first one comes from Johnny, who is one of our patrons. And Johnny writes, hello, K&K. I love this episode as there are so many things that resonate with me. One of them happens to be the fact that I moved from the East Coast to Seattle to go to grad school in hopes that someday I would use my psych degree to open up a bar. Long story Ooh. short, I'm selling beer. Close enough. <laughs> what would you call your bar? We want to know. Ooh, yeah. Side note, Ranjit would be, Ranjit would must be tough as all get out when he drives Lily to pick up the beer and he launches that keg over his shoulder. <laughs> that is so badass. That is a half barrel keg which fully weighs which full weighs 161 and a half pounds. Holy wow. Shit. Another reason I really enjoy this episode so much is we get to show how much Lily and Marshall really love each other. Even though Marshall does not listen to the message from Lily, we see his thinking evolve, and he is an awesome example of loving your partner. I do not have a ledge mo for this episode because this one gives me all the feels from start to finish. Thank you for this awesome community, Aww. Johnny B. P.S. I just ordered some cookies. Yeah! Ooh, let us know how you like them. Yeah, tell us which ones you got. Because they're so good. Um, okay, next up is Rick, another one of our patrons. And Rick says, Hi, ladies. A great episode loaded with jokes and a classic Himium twist. I enjoy seeing my favorite character combo at their best, Barney and Ted getting into hijinks. Which leads me to my legmo for the episode and probably my favorite moment of the series. The Beach Boys bartending sequence, especially their telepathic conversation as Barney thought blasts Kokomo in response to every question. I, I, I know still it, can't get over the. It's it is so good. It is so good. I know it might not be the pinnacle of the series or even the funniest joke, but it hits everything I love about Himyum. Tapping into a running joke, the Ted Barney bromance dynamic, mm-hmm. the fun and whimsical tone, even Neil Patrick Harris's physical comedy, just using his face and no words, <laughs> is hilarious in that moment. No complaints from us. Let me tell you. Nice. Um, I got into Himyum during a tough period of my life a while back. Same. And it was great escapism to lift my mood during those times. Mm -hmm. I remember first seeing this episode and being particularly amused by that bit. I'm sure many people have a similar relationship with the show as well. Anyway, hope everyone's safely enjoying the summer weather. Thanks, Rick. Next up, we have a legendary moment from Susan. And Susan writes that the reveal that it's three stories taking place on a different day is her legendary moment because of the transition at the airport. The first time uh, she remembers being confused. Are they the wrong airport? Can they not see each other? Yeah, I remember, Mm -hmm. like, what is going on? Upon a rewatch, it reminded her strongly of the Buffy episode where (gasps) Willow returns to Sunnydale and she and the others can't see each other. Yes. Yeah, it's a good episode. It's a real good one. Um, Thanks, Susan. A couple Buffy Buffy moments in this Mm -hmm. episode. Um, So next up is Matthews, one of our patrons. He says, hi, K&K. Three Days of Snow is a personal favorite episode for me. Same. Uh, There are so many little things in it that add up to an excellent story. As a result, I have a quartet of legendary moments. And while I know I'm allowed as a patron, apologies for the length nonetheless. First, bingo. Great. 
Second, Marshall's and especially Robin's robot impressions. Third, the Old Lang Syne marching band finale is one of the best endings to a Himium episode in the entire series, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. It's just a big, bold, and wonderful Lily and Marshall romantic moment that reminds us why Marshall is the sweetest and why their relationship is the best. Fourth and finally, the use of Kokomo in the episode. This particular moment carries sentimental weight for me because for whatever reason as a child, Kokomo was the first song that wasn't a typical American kids song like Old MacDonald or Wheels on the Bus that I actively remember trying to memorize. So it always holds a special place in my heart. It's because of Full House. Yeah. <laughs> we'll clear it up for you. <laughs> as always, thank you so much for everything you do. Hey, Beautiful is always a delight to listen to, and I never fail to laugh, smile, and think during each episode. Extra gratitude must be given for the Rachel's Cookies and Treats promo. Yay! I used the code to buy an order of several of their snacks, and I love them all. It also made for a very handy Father's Day gift, especially as my father is a big fan of the lemon cookies. Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) And I'm glad to be able to support a lovely small business. Stay beautiful and awesome. That's two people that have used the code so far. That's what I love about our HB family so much is that we're so, it's such a supportive community. I know! warms my heart so i mean and you really it's really a win-win i mean 25 percent off and you get incredible cookies so delicious all right next up we have another patron writing in jeff and jeff says hi k and k it had been a while since i'd seen this episode and i've forgotten that it's a near perfect episode of how i met your mother my ledge mode for this episode is the continued mastery of time and perception that this show does so well from literally the last line of the first episode, Himyan has subverted expectations, often playing with time, perception, or both to disguise the viewer. We saw this in Ted Mosby Architect, and we'll see it employed again to both humorous and gut-pudgingly devastating effect. Hope Oof. that's not too spoilery. No, it is not too nope. spoilery. Nope. There's plenty of, yeah, there's plenty of gut punches Ugh. time-wise ahead. Mm-hmm. My runner-up is Barney explaining bingo to Ted because the I get bingo cracks me up every time <laughs> that said nearly every moment of this episode is perfect and from from the retu- return of ranjit to the surprise reveal of the marching band twice also puzzles sorry to drone on i hope you're both doing well best jeff oh Thanks. good one jeff yeah. all right next up is tish one of our longest patrons mm-hmm. and tish says hey k and k hope you're both doing well i really enjoy this episode so it's kind of hard to pick a specific moment but my lm is how they mess with time in the episode Himim is notorious for that and they do it so well oh it's just like jeff's uh this is just classic Himim style right there and i really enjoy it honorable mention to puzzles <laughs> an excellent runner yep thanks tish next up is abha she says, hey, Kate and Caitlin, I hope you guys are keeping well. My legendary moment of this episode is Marshall bringing a marching band to pick up Lily. It's a big romantic gesture. I like how Marshall and Lily still find ways to surprise each other after so many years into their relationship. They really Amen. are an inspiration. Totally. Good one, Ava. Uh, next up is David. And David is also a patron. And he says, so not my fave ep. But still some good legmos. Legmo number one is Barney infecting Ted with his spirit by telling him there's easy college girls outside. Number two being Lily's nightmare of Marshall ditching her to get with a girl who has beer and is an appropriate height. (laughs) And number three is Marshall being so sure Robin was hitting on him when they were trapped in the car. I wish I had his confidence. Thanks, David. Dude, it was weird. (laughs) Next up is Emma, another one of our patrons. 
Hey beautiful ladies, I hope I'm not late. I've been super busy with my spring semester moving online and my online summer semester, but I'm officially done with classes until August. Yay! Woohoo! Congrats! With some episodes of How I Met Your Mother. And cookies! Yeah. <laughs> and cookies! I watched this episode a couple of days ago and I love it so much. My legendary moment has to be when everything lined up and Marshall met Lily at the airport with a awesome <sighs> band and he told yeah. her what he ate that day. It's always nice when the person on the receiving end of the grand romantic gesture loves the other person. If you know, you know. Have a good week. Oh, good one, Emma. Next up is Dina, another patron. And Dina says, hi, K&K. There are so many gems in this episode. I can't even choose. Barney Sloan enunciated explanation that the point of the party school bingo is I get bingo. (laughs) Uh, also, oh, here's one that we haven't gotten yet. As we mature, the relationship matures with us. Excellent. Mm-hmm. The birth of puzzles, the revelation of the three-day storm, um, even though it's in the title of the episode. Yep. And, of course, the big marching band grand gesture in the end. It's a great episode all around and always one that I enjoy. <gasps> now that I'm thinking about it, grand gesture, you know that Ted helped Marshall plan that. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I bet Barney was in there too. Like all three of them, like got amped up and talked to the whole band about it. Right? Can't you just see? Because Barney loves them. Yeah, Barney loves loves them. Gesture. Oh. Barney probably made some calls to get everyone down to the airport. Clear it out. Oh, yeah. That has the fingerprints of the whole group all over it. Anyway. Uh, P.S. Regarding last week's episode, did anyone comment on Robin saying she was taking out the triz ash? It's so nonchalant that it doesn't even get a laugh track. What even was 2009? <laughs> that makes me laugh so hard. Amen. That. How about it? Thanks, Dina. Next up from Luz, another one of our patrons. Hey, guys. One thing I love about this episode is how many little moments there are. There's that random guy at the bar that just kind of drops dead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. just falls out of the seat. Drops dead, yeah. There's, why is it called Puzzles. That's the puzzle. puzzle. And Marshall telling Ted how Robin hit on him. But I think what actually, what really takes the cake, absolutely, has to be the marching band at the airport. This part is just so touching, and it helps Marshall and Lily realize that they are still Marshmallow and Lily Pad. And since craft beer is a part of their tradition, and one of the things Michigan is best known for is our craft beers, I thought I'd like to share some of my sister's local favorites. Ooh! From Big Lake Brewing, Fudgy Kruger, Snow Machine, and Michigan Amber... From New Holland Brewing, Mad Hatter, Dragon's Milk, and Passion Blaster. Stay safe and healthy. Those all sound delicious. Uh, Next up is Sam H. And Sam's legendary moment is simply the bar name Puzzles. I am not a bar person, but I love puzzles, jigsaw or otherwise, and I would go to that bar. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. Uh, Another one of our legendary moments comes from Jordan. And Jordan writes, first off, want to say first want to start off by saying i almost freaked out because i saw someone who looked exactly like kate in the drive <laughs> at work my jaw legit dropped and i was gonna say something but i work at Dunkin' <gasps> donuts in south texas so i'm just gonna assume it wasn't you lol i know this won't get read in full on the podcast but i thought i'd share this little story with you anyways had to well i had to put it in there because we just learned that texas has really attractive people <laughs> Come on, this is news. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that Ted and Barney, the Ted and Barney portion of this episode. My ledge mo is when Ted asks Barney about his bingo game and says, Well, what do you guys get when, well, what do you get when you get five in a row? And Barney's face as he says, 
I get bingo. Makes me crack <laughs> up every time. Love that little bit. Good one. Thanks, Jordan. And last but not least, Sam P., one of our patrons. Uh, Sam's legendary moment is, since the final airport scene is obviously the unanimous legendary moment. Yep, just about. Uh, I'd like to highlight Barney and Ted's fun bar adventure, especially Barney pulling Ted aside just to give Ted props for his snow fun. That's a good one. Well, I've never personally shipped them. Episodes like this definitely make help make the case for Barney and Ted being the subject of so many Himium fan fictions on AO3. I don't know what AO3 is, and I did not know there was a lot of Himium fan fiction, but I feel like I'm about to lose some time reading it. I know, just like AO3. Right? There must be a fan fiction site. Uh, Their partners in crime chemistry is always fun to watch. Thank you, Sam. All right, Caitlin, what's your legendary moment? Um, it's the clear, it's, it's the, it's pastrami sandwich. Like it's Marshall showing up at the airport. And like you said, he's like super earnest. Yeah. It's something about the way, like he doesn't even let Lily say anything to her or to him. He doesn't even say hi. He just lists a muffin, a pastrami sandwich and a bag of chips. Like just that speech I love so much and combined, like it's a tie with that. And like the clarinet, like that whole, The chills I get from the clarinet and then Marshall, like, I just felt like... It's the whole moment. It's the whole moment. I could cry just thinking about it. I kept telling Chris, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I just think about this part of the scene of the episode and like, I can't handle my shit. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, Yes. Same. I mean, there, to me, you know, all the other moments are, are fun and funny and we got the birth of puzzles. Like, there's a lot of great stuff happening we got a what up that we hadn't seen yet like mm-hmm. the mime what up um a lot of things happening but i mean this is the legendary moment yeah. like if it's legendary it's this and yeah yes there's nothing else to no. say agree no so you know what let's just call it a day and uh, sounds good all right so thanks for listening everybody we will see you next time for the possible Yay! Oh my god, I practiced that so many times you don't even know. The possible. <laughs> it's yeah. very hard for me to say that one. Um, so make sure you send your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to put in the subject line the possible so we can find it easily. Yes. Um, we want to give a big shout out to Rachel's Cookies and Treats for being our sponsor. Don't forget to head over to their website, rachelscookiesandtreats.com. Use that promo code HBFAM to get 25% off yes. the order, like some of our patrons have already done. And I, I know. As soon as we end this. Heck yes. Um, and if you love this recap, please leave us an iTunes review. It helps our HB family to grow, it helps us to find more, um, more people just like you who love this show as much as we do. Amen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so you never miss a recap. And we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gordon and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl.